Hey all, it's your co-host Nick here with Psychedelic Passage, and I want to share what our organization does and how we can help you on your psychedelic healing journey. We originally started Psychedelic Passage to give folks access to psychedelic therapy within the comfort of their own home. And in the process, we realized that most people have no idea what they're looking for in a guide and they don't know which providers are qualified. The consequences of sitting with an unqualified provider are dire. There are lots of self-proclaimed facilitators out there who simply don't know what they're doing. And unfortunately, facilitator abuse and ethical violations happen regularly in this space and result in lasting psychological impacts. To solve this, we selectively curated a network of providers all over the U.S. who operate with integrity. This allows us to help you as a client by advocating for you and your care without a conflict of interest, screening facilitators on your behalf to ensure they know what they're doing, and holding facilitators accountable for their actions, so you have peace of mind that the provider you're matched with is in good standing. Instead of searching through hundreds of unvetted online provider profiles, you can simply book a call with us and our concierge team will take into account over 20 different variables to get you matched to a trusted facilitator who can provide treatment in the comfort of your own home. We want to give you the confidence that you're sitting with the right provider for you. No matter where you're at in the psychedelic therapy journey, we're here to help. Simply click the link in the show description below to book a consult and get connected to a trusted provider today. Welcome to the Psychedelic Passage Podcast. My name is Nick Levich. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jimmy Wynn. Thanks for joining us today. This week, we are talking about one of the questions that we get very frequently, which is how often should I take psychedelic mushrooms or really any other psychedelic for that matter, especially when approaching it from a more therapeutic wellness or growth oriented standpoint. And so, uh, what's your answer to the question? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, this is this is one of the it's funny we're talking about frequency of psychedelic experiences because this question comes up really quite frequently and so before we dive in i think it's worth talking about some context here today we'll be discussing some parameters around large dose experiences or experiences that do elicit a hallucinogenic altered state of consciousness. I think that that cadence and timing is different than microdosing, which is different. more, fr- yeah, different for sure. Uh, more frequent um, subperceptual use of psychedelics, typically in a more day to day sense, which We've already recorded episodes on and we're not going to cover that today. This pertains far more to what we'll call like a medium to large dose journey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the other piece of context that I want to discuss before we give folks a definitive answer, which surprise, surprise, we won't. It's very situational depending on on the person. But we can paint a pretty good, pretty good for picture sure. about yeah. how to approach it. I, I think it, through our discussion, our goal, our intention for this episode is to give you 
the tools for you to arrive at your own decision and place around frequency with psychedelics. The different layers that I look at this are uh, the physical component, your physi physiology and the time it takes for you to uh, reset and replenish neurotransmitters, chemicals, things within your yourself. There's also the mental state. There's also the emotional state on, on, on where you're at. The, the number one thing that I tell folks is that, sure, you can go online and folks will give you a range. Hey, wait at least two weeks, wait at least a month, wait, you know, so on and so forth. The best thing that I can share is the moment that you feel like you've integrated as much as you can from your past experience, that then opens up the conversation on, okay, when do I need another experience, if any? And so to contextualize, there's folks who have one experience and they plan for that. And they're like, this is the one psychedelic experience that I'll have in my life. And that's them. There's other folks who have, let's say, like a yearly refresh, reset. There are folks who maybe are going through more intensive work in their process. And they may feel a need to engage with psychedelics intentionally, ceremonially in, in, a, more, in a more frequent manner. And so at, at a base, I always tell folks to wait at least 30 days in between experiences, but that can really range and be dependent on the person, their process, their journey, their, their needs at the time. Yeah. The most important thing for me is that you focus on the journey that's immediately in front of you. Mm -hmm. That's the answer that I give to every single person. That's like, how often should I do this? How many of these am I going to need? I think that's the the way in which we get the question most frequently is like, well, how many times do I have to do this? And it's like, well, if you actually devote all of your time and energy and resources to this, you can move the needle pretty far with one experience. If but but the problem is trying to prescribe it. So anyone right. that tells you that you're going to need two journeys spaced 30 days apart, and then you're good to go, I would run the other way. How many because... journeys do I need to have the 10 years of therapy that I was promised? You know, like it's it's kind of weirdly set up the way people think about, about psychedelic experiences. So I, I hear you. So, so anyone that prescribes you some sort of a protocol and guarantees a result, uh, that's a major red flag for me. Because mm -hmm. there's no possible way to predict how someone's going to respond, nor how many sessions they're going to need, nor how often to do them. And, and the other thing that often gets brought up a lot is like, okay, well, I looked at some retreat center options, and they do three journeys over a week. Now, anyone that's had a medium that's to a large lot. dose journey could <laughs> probably they could probably tell you that after that first journey you don't feel like doing another one you're worked mentally emotionally physically it's like going through the soul car wash yeah and, and so and, yeah also add that like your body uses a lot of serotonin other different chemicals you know endogenous chemicals your body is using a lot of blood glucose, a lot of sugar, your body's just using a lot of resources to move through these experiences. And so, you know, you may need a certain dosage to elicit an experience on the first one. 
what I tell folks is that, especially with psilocybin mushrooms, you start to build a tolerance immediately. That's why there are off days with microdosing. And so then you return on a following day and maybe you have to double your dosage to have, to have an effect. And I, and I think the folks who do the international retreat work, it's because you're only there for a limited amount of time. And so the beauty of what's happening in psychedelics in America or the United States is that more services are becoming available and accessible. So you don't have to jam it into a right. four day period. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which takes quite aware on, on your body. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. More is not better. And I think right. you hear this on the podcast a lot. If you've listened to any of our other episodes, like more dosage isn't inherently better mm -hmm. and more frequency isn't inherently better. What Jimmy and I always uh, relay is like, it's all about how well you integrate the experience that you've already had. Because if you just jump from experience to experience, you could do five, six, seven, eight and not move the needle. And so clearly the number of ceremonies is not the determining factor here. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's actually a really important point that I want to hang with for a second. Uh, I, I think that there's, I, I really like what you said earlier. There's this desire to, to prescribe or map out, or as you always say, like template the experience. A, every psychedelic experience is different. And so it's, it, it, it's impossible to predict how much work you're doing in any particular experience. And so you may have the one where you're like, okay, I need to take a break for a while. Cause there was a lot of stuff that came up here. Like I for sure had experiences where I'm like, Okay, I'm taking a break for a year now. I've had <laughs> ones where I'm never, where I tell myself I'm never going to journey again. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Right. And so there's a dynamic there. I think what's more important, though, is, is to know that the way that folks view psychedelics in our mainstream society it's also dependent on the way that we look at this type of work, the way that you look at mental health, the way that you look at any type of professional service, the way that you look at healing, the way that you look at substances. And so we're kind of set up as a society to be like, oh, you have this issue. All right, well, take this for 30 days, you know, three a day and like report back and let us know how you're feeling psychedelics just for sure do not work like that and so what i also think is important for us to discuss is what you were just saying you were saying that more isn't always better and that the continual chasing of psychedelic experiences is not always what will help you in your own healing process. And so I think that's super important. What I find is that there is way too much emphasis and reliance on the actual trip itself, the actual ceremony. There's just a lot of pressure built into what psychedelic experiences look like. So it's a tall order to walk in and expect all of the healing in your life in a four to six hour period. And therefore it's also, 
pretty somewhat irrational to be like, okay, I'm going to do all this work in like four ceremonies and I'm going to have those at 30 days apart. And then I'm going to be good after this, you know? And, and, and so I, I just think that's really intriguing that I think most folks don't even know the kind of hidden layers on why they're thinking about psychedelic experiences the way that they are in our society today. Yeah. We live in a culture of prescribing things, whether it's prescribing exercise. I mean, even if you look at like physical therapy, they're like, Hmm. okay, well, a shoulder rehab takes roughly eight to 12 weeks and you got to come in three times a week and then you'll mostly be better. But like, we're talking about an incredibly more nuanced situation and similar to something like physical therapy. If you don't do the exercises on your own, you don't get better. Just relying on the 30 minutes a, a, a day that you're in session with your therapist isn't going to be enough. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, let's, one of the things that, that we see at least in the studies is that they tend to be spaced out in like three to four week intervals in a lot of the research that's done. But from Mm -hmm. my personal experience and what I've seen with clients, that's like the bare minimum in between. Because I mean, I'll speak from from my perspective. I do not want to be journeying every month or with like monthly intervals. That is is actually very frequent from my perspective. It's a lot. I think the 30 days or the three to four weeks is the minimum threshold for a physiological reset. I think that there's a lot of evidence to say, okay, you'll replenish your serotonin levels, you'll kind of get things back on track within 30 days for you to then engage in another psychedelic experience. What I hear you saying is, that's a lot. <laughs> Ultimately, that that's a lot, even for you and I, who probably have like hundreds of psychedelic experiences, you know, on, under our belt, you know, together. And so especially if you're newer to psychedelics, then there's also, you know, budgetary issues, there's stability issues, right, where you're at emotionally, your stability in life, all of that stuff. And so I I like where we're going with this conversation, because what we're saying is, it's not prescriptive, it depends. And that at a minimum, you should for sure be giving it, you know, 30 days, but in practicality, it's likely going to be longer. The The best thing that I tell folks in conversation or my clients and whatnot is that you have to allow for a little bit of life to happen and occur in between experiences for you to have space and time for a proper integration. Because that's where the work is. It's it's where the rubber meets the road, right? You have this big peak experience. And then how does this play into my life? How does this change my perspective? How does this make me think about this? How does this make me explore this certain specific thing? And so you have to then be in the arena of life for you to be able to connect dots. In yeah, because, because life is what gives you the data points to go, right. ah, something might have shifted. And we don't actually, we're often not aware of those shifts until we start engaging and then we go through life and lo and behold, there's an event that would have triggered us before and all of a sudden we're non-reactive. Oh, look at that. How interesting that this thing that used to bother me before doesn't anymore. But had you not gone through life, you may not have realized that that shifted. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot to be said for getting some time in the you know playing field of life as you described it. And yeah. 
you know, so then the question I get is like, well, how do I know when I'm ready for another one? And I've come up with a pretty good answer for this one, which is the same way you felt called to journey the first time, you're going to feel the same call again. But here's the deal. It's going to come from here. And I'm pointing to my heart and my body, not my mind, Mm -hmm. because the mind is going to go, oh, I haven't done this in a while. I'm probably due again. But is that really, are you really feeling that deep internal call for it? Or is it a should? Because the second you start should or shouldn'ting, it's all mental. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those are all the same principle principles and practices that we talk through in preparation and navigating psychedelic experiences in the integration process. And so it really is important for folks to tune in and and, and listen to themselves. There are, are plenty of folks who become psychedelic curious. And it takes them two or three years to feel like they've put it all in place, that they found the right person, that they're ready at a stage in their life, that they've done enough research, that they've done so on and so forth. Conversely, there are people who feel that calling, like you're saying, and a month later, they're, you know, engaged in service with a facilitator or going on in an international retreat. And so... I like what you said about it not being a mental exercise here. Of course, the mind does play play into it, but it's not this algorithm that you can solve and put in all the inputs and you're like, you're due for another psychedelic experience (laughs) in 7.4 days. You know what I mean? That's not how life works, you know? Yeah, well, I hear you with that. That's what people want. They don't want the Mm -hmm. unknown. Well, this is the whole part of it where... I think ultimately there is a lot of promising potential with psychedelics. I think the downside of that is that it puts a lot of dependence upon psychedelic experiences in a way that can can detract somebody from their own inner resourcing. Ultimately, psychedelics are an external thing. And if you've heard any episodes that we've you know talked about in the past or listened, read any of any of our content, the real work is internal. And by the way, you're the only one who can who can do the work. And so some things that I ask myself internally when I'm thinking about when the next experience should be, I'm questioning, okay, how much reliance am I putting on the experience? If there's any part where I'm wanting you know, psilocybin or LSD or ayahuasca to do the heavy lifting and work for me, then I'm like, "Mm, I should probably look into this further and and like hold off. What we say is that psychedelics can be a catalyst to your healing journey, but not a replacement. And by the way, you don't need a catalyst constantly. There are some times in your process where you actually need for things to settle a little bit too. Well, and you you touched on this, but I want to highlight it, which is the second we start relying on something external, something outside of ourselves, we're no longer free. Now we're just dependent mm-hmm. on another substance. And sure, it grows in nature and sure, it's natural and arguably healthier than a lot of um, prescription medications, but you're still relying on something outside of yourself. And so I had this experience the other day. Um, where I was doing an integration session with a client and they were like, you know, I think I'm ready to go again. And 
by the end of the hour, they were like, oh, I'm actually not ready to go again. What happened was that I reached the limit of the tools and the frameworks that I had for integration. And what I really needed was an additional set of tools and frameworks to take me through this next phase of integration. Mm. And so oftentimes when we feel like we're kind of at the end of, of, of our rope, so to speak, and we need that ceremony, that's not always what we need. Sometimes we need more tools in our belt to approach the integration as we go through life. And that actually buys us a lot more time before the next ceremony. Yeah. So taking it to the medicine shouldn't be your first and only option. Once you feel like you've done as much work as you can, then something will come up to be like, okay, I think I'm ready for my next one. But to your point, is it that you are ready for the next one or is it that you need to expand? Yeah, like you hit the limitation of the tools that you have. Of just where you're at, sure, yeah. Right. Of, of which then, that's a different conversation than whether you're ready, quote unquote, for another you know ex- experience or not. So I think what we're leading to here in, in this part of our dialogue is that there requires a lot of internal discovery and internal questioning for an individual to clarify the motivating factors around seeking another experience. Is it coming from, I'm still feeling stuck? Is it coming from, okay, now I need another booster, you know, another... I can't get back to the place that I was right. in during ceremony. Is it from not enoughness? Is it from a place on okay, I've done... Or conversely, I now feel like I've done everything that I can do here and now I'm being called to take whatever this is to the medicine again. And it, it, it that's different. That's such a different energy in totally. approaching it because in these containers, all of that stuff shows up in medicine. In, in this medicine work. And so if there's any instance of you internally being like, ah, I, I'm not enough to do this on my own. So now I got to go and seek the mushroom or seek the the whatnot. That stuff is going to show up in, in, in your psychedelic experiences, you know, one way. Or- well, and it often perpetuates that underlying wound. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're already dealing with this thing of like, I don't feel like I'm enough. And then you rely on the mushrooms to make you feel like you're enough. You're just perpetuating the same wound. It's seeking external validation, external um, um, reinforcement that you are, in fact, enough. And so the question is, well, if, if a client came to me in that kind of state, it'd be like, okay, well, what are you doing to nurture your feeling of being enough in your day-to-day life? Because that's where it actually matters. And you and I talk about this a lot, but if you're not actually moving the needle in the way that you experience life on a day-to-day basis, what's the point of any of this? Yeah, another version of that that comes up is especially folks who are seeking more spiritually oriented experiences. And they're like, I want to have that deeper connection to what I believe the higher power is, or I want to have a a more sacred connection to myself, or I want to, you know, X, Y, Z. The question then comes up is, okay, what are you doing to cultivate that in your day to day? Is there something there that can be looked at before you explore a, 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 a future experience? Exactly. But all this to say, For most people, it's going to require multiple sessions. There's very, very few accounts of like one and done, 
Sure. The question of how frequent is going to be directly correlated to your ability to integrate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would plan if you're, if you're really truly earnestly embarking on this journey, like you should probably plan that if, if this is a lifelong path for you, that you're not just going to have one. I mean, for some people that is the case, but I would say that's the exception more than the rule. And the analogy that I often use is like this layers of the onion. And if you've got your true essence in the middle, and then you've got all these layers of shock, shame, trauma, conditioning, the outermost layers are often the stickiest. And we can get through a few of those in the first experience. But like, if I look at my own trajectory with psychedelics, um, you know, when I first started approaching them ceremonially, I definitely had to do a couple of ceremonies and call it a a couple year period to really dig through those outermost layers. And now I find that I'm in much more of like a maintenance mode than like, a oh, my God, I got to solve and dig myself out of this. Yeah, I really hear that. And I'll add that it also depends on your life. And if you feel like you have the space, time, bandwidth, emotional support, community support, a therapist, like, are you going through a really stressful time at work that eats up 90% of your time in the day? Because if that's the case, then you can have, you know, 10 psychedelic experiences in that time. But if you come out feeling like, okay, I can't prioritize this, then doesn't matter. You're gonna you're gonna be spinning around in, in in circles, and so what I found in my own life is that it does really ebb and flow uh, to how much support I have around me to navigate, you know, a psychedelic experience. And life comes in seasons, you know. Um, I, I definitely think that this comes up a lot for more elderly folks because I think folks in the later ages of their life kind of have the sense that like time is ticking and so there's kind of this sense on okay well i want to pack in as many experiences (laughs) as i need while i'm healthy while i'm capable while i'm all of that and i'm not saying that that's right or wrong i'm using that to illustrate my point here that it's conditional based on your life you know so I don't want to be too ambiguous here, but I think what I'm leading to, the, the kind of things that are are coming up for me in the themes of this conversation is really looking at the your why. Why is it that I'm I'm seeking this experience and going through that internal checks and balances on whether it's coming from a grounded meaningful place as opposed to lack or scarcity or not enoughness or whatnot. I think a real internal inventory on where your mindset's at, where you're at emotionally, where you're at physically. I think also an inventory on what's going on in your life at any you know particular time. And then other than that, I I think it's this whole conversation about how much reliance am I putting on any particular thing, a mushroom or a psychedelic or whatnot versus my own work, you know, in this process. I, I, I I, I love to say this every episode, but Nick, you and I both know plenty of quote unquote psychonauts who have had hundreds and hundreds of experiences and you can very much tell that they're not doing a lot of internal work. Well, it's not embodied. 
-hmm. you can have plenty of peak experiences and not embodied anything that you learn. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for me, like this whole thing comes down to embodiment. It's, it's, have you integrated that change into your being? And if not, then there's probably still a lot on the table for you benefit wise from prior journeys that simply has not been, um, you know, honed into your state of being. I want to perhaps do our best to give um, like real examples of timelines that we've seen. So like, if I think back to the clients that I've served in the past and those who have come back for repeat ceremonies, probably the shortest amount of time I've seen between journeys is like six months um i've I'm seen clients you... with yeah i've seen clients with a little bit more i call it content like they're at a place in their life where they do want to do a little bit more heavy lifting around their process even then the fastest frequency is like three months every three to four months i've had some clients who feel like they're on like a three journey arc as well or a four or four journey arc and so they're very clear okay like in my communion with the medicine or whatnot i feel like three is right and then that gets scheduled over a year and a half even so that's kind of like that six month mark like like you're sharing um i have had some folks who have come back for an experience you know 30 days later but that's really in specific scenarios where they very much feel like something is in process, something is somewhat like unfinished, or they're they're kind of getting that signal. Okay, this is the time to do some I- I- intensive, you know, work. Even then, I really don't recommend the the thirty day. I I personally think it's it's too short. Um, well, and there's other tools, right? So this is a yeah. perfect example where if that content is just beyond reach in your normal state of being, maybe a microdose is just what's needed to knock it loose and 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 right. allow it to come bubbling up to the surface. And so this is you know kind of what I talk about where there's other tools that are available to you besides jumping headfirst into another medium to large dose yeah. journey. Things yeah. like meditating, journaling, reaching back out to your facilitator for an integration session, you know, playing around with microdosing. There's lots of different tools that can start to um, help us move past a a, a, a plateau yep. without relying on mm-hmm. a full-blown ceremony. Yep. Uh, starting therapy, starting a physical hobby or activity, reading a book that's not related to psychedelics, but actually has to do with whatever process you're in. I'll share from my own personal life. You know, I had a really challenging December and that came on the spur or or on the back end of a psychedelic experience. And I had a really rough re-entry integration period. There was a part of me that was like, all right, we'll just take this back to the medicine. And then there was another part of me was like, that is so disrespectful to the medicine that I'm just like looking for this out to like go back into ceremony to address the shit. And so I had a real deep internal process. By the way, all the stuff that we tell you folks listening are all the things that Nick and I try to do in our own lives as well. So we're, we're trying to walk the walk as best as we can. Well, I don't even think we know how to how to navigate this if we hadn't gone through ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I had a real honest sit with this 
And then I started with a new therapist. I started reading more books. I started to identify, oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm missing in my day-to-day in bringing back my sacred practices and bringing back my emphasis on mindfulness and and all of that. And what I arrived at after all the stuff that we're talking about, my own implementation here, is that I even, after, you know, many clients served and after hundreds of experiences and whatever, I was falling into the same trap, relying on the medicine a little bit too much, having a little too frequent of experiences, not doing my own internal work. And I was like, I need to get back to a place where I'm showing the medicine that I'm doing my part in everyday sober life. And at one point, I'll have that inclination to show back up in in medicine work with much more respect and much, you know, like, like, like all of that. And so I I just hope that that highlights that the, the, the content that we're talking about in this episode applies to everyone, regardless of if you're new to psychedelics or if you're quote unquote seasoned or, and uh, it's not specific to just mushrooms. This is, this is, this applies to any, um, serotonergic psychedelic substance like anything that's going to induce a truly altered state of consciousness and and you're approaching it in that medium to high dose range uh these are very profound powerful experiences that really should be spaced out Mm -hmm. regardless of the content of the experience because folks can come out of experiences feeling amazing they're like everything's clicking after the flow yeah there's that afterglow and all of that those folks should also wait it's not just for folks who have challenging difficult overwhelming they're like i need to process this i think that it applies across the board regardless of how your experience shaped up to be because of what we're talking about, being in the arena of life, like allowing things to unfold, like reestablish your baseline before you move forward into another psychedelic experience. Um, totally. Do you think we've we've been tangible and direct enough and actual enough for our listeners? That's always something that I have in, in, in the back of, of my mind. I guess, is there anything else that we'd share that would help folks in, in this regard? Maybe a recap, wait a minimum, 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 minimum of 30 days, mm-hmm. integrate fully, approach the ceremony that you just had or that's right in front of you as if it's the only one, and then wait for the call because you'll hear it, you'll feel it the same way that you you felt it the first time, that same sensation will come over you and it'll be this this deep knowing within your being of like, okay, yep, I'm ready again. But if you're not there and you're mentally trying to convince yourself, forget it. Yeah. That's not the right time. Yeah. The other one that I'll add was your point about using all of your tools and using all of your outlets and knowing that psychedelics are not the, it's not the only tool. (laughs) It it can be a favored one. I think that there's a lot of folks who are like, yeah, this is my this is my favorite tool for exploring my consciousness and healing. Sure, I get that. But if you if you only have psychedelic tools in your tool belt, then it's 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 not going to work in in real life. Either. It's definitely going to fall short. I mean, yeah. the thing that I always go back to is like deep down all of us want to be free 
And what I mean by that is none of us want to be reliant on anything external to feel the way that we want to feel. We just want that in inside of us innately. Mm-hmm. And, and the second we start relying on something outside of ourselves, we're, we're right back in that trap of, um, you know, essentially, uh, uh, relying on something outside of ourselves to feel mm-hmm. the way that we want to feel. And that's just not the goal here from my perspective. Yeah. Well said. Well, the main thing is that you're going to get a lot of opinions from different folks, facilitators, <laughs> your, your facilitators, your friends, your, your retreat center. Person, Everyone's going to yeah. have their, their reasoning for doing it the way that they do. Everyone's going to be like, this is my proprietary thing that I've developed to increase results and all of that. Also listen, run the other way. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not folks who have done this work quite a bit and that they have created an environment that primes you in the best way possible, whether that, you know, frequency, location, their modalities of work and all of that. But that's exactly what you're talking about. The reliance on external stuff, you know, because we're talking about your heart, your mind and your soul here, your spirit. I don't think any of that is prescribed to any specific timeline or whatever. And so the moment that somebody's like, yeah, I have this proprietary system, you're going to move through, we're going to do these intensive things and so on. So even if like, we're going to start with MDMA and then move you through psilocybin, which is a relic of, you know, the, a lot of the underground work that was happening in the, you know, and uh, it assumes that the facilitator knows what's best for you. How, like, give me a break. Come on. You think that we're all, we're all able to, to, to respond in the exact same way to someone's protocol. Like there's no way we're all deeply unique humans. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's going to vary from person to person. And I also had this funny thought as you were sharing, which is that the irony is that one of the things the mushrooms teach us is that time is just a construct anyway. <laughs> yeah. So this whole, this whole that's timeline so right. discussion is like, like deeply ironic for anyone that's actually yeah. journeyed before and has experienced time dilation. Cause what is it anyway? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so right. I love that. Yeah, I feel good. I, 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 I hope that this has been a helpful dialogue to our listeners. I hope that we've blended enough of the theoretical, philosophical with like tangibleness uh, or tangibility. That that's yeah. Really and also, if us. you guys have questions we didn't answer, reach out to us on social, email, whatever you know method you you want to get in contact with us. But we'll happily, um, you know, record a follow up episode or at least just address your question. So. Um, That brings us to the end of our episode for today. You can find all of our episodes on all major streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate and review us. It helps others find the show. And we look forward to tuning in with you guys next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. 
Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. I am excited to share a new offering that can be found on our website, psychedelicpassage.com, which is our digital store. We here at Psychedelic Passage are constantly thinking about ways to enrich the intentional psychedelic process for our community. And now with this digital store, you'll be able to find preparation guides, integration guides, and recorded workshops that are typically only available to our clients. We hope that this is an exciting offering and we look forward to adding more content over time. So check out the link in the episode description below or visit our website, psychedelicpassage.com. And we are very excited to expand our service offerings to the greater community.